Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Christine. Hi, Asha. How are you? I'm just fine. I'm sitting here in this uh, chill fall morning. It's it's dark outside, but I've got my warm coffee. <laughs> Uh, reminder, folks, I'm on the West Coast and Christine's on the East Coast. So I do this a lot earlier than she does, oh supposedly. My gosh, yes. <laughs> well, listen, today, um, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, sort of mind shifts, but also practical changes. I feel like I've stumbled onto a, a mental shift that has really, really been helping me sort of step through these uncertain days. And uh, let me give you a little bit of context. I feel like, um, you know, we're we're 19 months into the COVID era. And while so much about this, where we are presently has improved since the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, clearly, vaccination is the biggest thing that has improved. I don't know about you, but I'm still really wrestling with a lot of uncertainty, with a lot of disruption. And for me, that has really played out as anxiety and at times extreme anxiety. I just um, there's just this feeling of unsettledness, which seems to, you know, be this cloud that hangs with me. And um, I've done all sorts of things to sort of help with it. Um, but one of the things that I have stumbled onto, which has really helped, is that I've really pulled my focus back to the present moment or even, you know, the next 24 to 48 hours. When I find myself sort of spinning out with worry, I bring my mind back into the present moment. And, you know, that sounds a little sort of out there, but it has truly helped my anxiety and it's helping me be happier and more productive during these days. So I thought we could just talk a little bit more about this, what it actually looks like day to day in the hopes that it helps listeners feel better too. Yes. I'm so glad you brought this topic forward. I mean, it's, it's really, I think about, I hadn't thought about reframing things into an immediate sort of window right in front of us, but that's so much about, that's one of my big coping strategies too, is what, what can I, what do I have tangibly on hand that I can, (laughs) I can access to make myself feel better. And I'm also glad you mentioned anxiety because it's a word that it's something everybody is feeling. It's something that sometimes people might feel a little bit bad about feeling, but it's a real feeling that 
needs to just be experienced. And um, I wanted to reference, and I'll link it up in the show notes, but I actually recently did a piece for CNN about anxiety and really reframing the narrative around the word and, you know, getting rid of the stigma around the word and, and looking at anxiety as something to work with mm-hmm. it, uh, versus fighting against. And the, um, the impetus was that uh, there's a neuroscientist named Wendy Suzuki who came out with a book, a new book called Good Anxiety. Actually, it's right here on my desk. The subtitle is Harnessing the Power of the Most Misunderstood Emotion. So hmm. I'll link that up in the notes too, but I just, I, I loved what she had to say. And obviously there's a lot of science-based uh, stuff around it. So I'm I'm just really glad we're having this conversation and just want people to know that they're not so very not alone if you're yes. feeling anxious. Well, yes, absolutely. And it's, um, I, you know, I think the other thing to say about that, I mean, I sort of alluded to the fact that I've tried other things. It's not just, you know, this sort of change in my mindset that has magically cured me of anxiety. I mean, I speak to a therapist. I have tried medication at times. There, you know, I exercise. I've tried meditation. So there, there are lots of things that I am sort of integrating into my life. Um, to help with this. But I think the bottom line here is that this is a period of this, meaning sort of this current moment that we're in, in terms of, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything else that's going on in life. Like we, we are, these are uncertain times and we do feel it even if we look around us and everything around us seems sort of, sort of normal. I think what um, I appreciate Uh, about what you just said about the most misunderstood emotion, anxiety being that, is that it's a signal to us that something in our environment just is off and things are off right now. So I I agree. Anxiety is not something to feel ashamed about. But at the same time, if it's, you know, I found that it was really getting in the way of my living my life. And so I am trying to do things just to sort of give myself some relief and look at things differently. You know, Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. it, it also like this notion of bringing ourselves to the present moment and sort of focusing on what we can do right now also dovetails really nicely into our philosophy that we've talked about for years, which is all about taking baby steps when it comes to taking action. Um, You know, it's not that I've stopped planning my life. It's not like, oh, I'm not thinking about anything that's happening next week because that's next week. I mean, I'm certainly still planning, but at least I am trying to remind myself to redirect away from that constant worry about the unknown future and instead just bring myself back to sort of the known present. And I, you know, as we talk, we can share some examples of what that actually looks like and how it plays out in our lives. Yeah, we'll do that actually in just a second. I wanted to just mention um, as a final note before we get started that thinking about this topic really reminded me that one of the ongoing things I've actually been working on over the last several years, uh, John and I are very different in how we approach the calendar. You know, I, I like to build out the runway and get it all set up and do the advanced planning. And I've really learned from him that there's a lot of power to operate a little bit more in the, the immediate. I mean, you can't do that for everything, obviously, but mm-hmm. the point is to be able to connect with what you actually feel like doing in a moment and making a decision about that versus making a decision about it like six months ahead. Anyway, so Mm -hmm. it's kind of ironic that I have been really trying to operate more in the moment with a shorter planning runway. And then I feel like COVID was the big dump truck that forced my hand on that situation. So uh, it's a good exercise, you know? 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, sigh. Yes, I think it is. And I think, you know, that's actually one of your, you know, trademark Christine Co. reframings right there. I think that you're right. It's, um, you know, you can see that that the situation, which none of us obviously wants, is, you know, it's pushing you in a direction that you're already going, which is good. So, yes, I, I'm glad we're talking about this because, I, you know, it's sort of subtle um, and sometimes it just sort of happens in my brain and being able to talk about it with you and bring it out into the world um, helps me see this more clearly. So, yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about this. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. And, you know, as a great example of what's happening now, I apologize if my dog just uh, jumped in with a little errant bark a moment ago. <laughs> I put myself on mute after he started. But um, anyway, let's just roll with it. <laughs> so um, the first thing I wanted to mention is I know you were talking about this 24 to 48 hour window and I just I love that. And I think that might shift around a little bit for people. So I wanted to generally make a recommendation to find a spot this week <laughs> uh, to ease or ask for help around what I'm calling like a rush around transition. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, I need to operate in the scope of a one week uh, runway based on my work calendar calendar mostly. So when I have my calendars open, I always have it on the week view so I can just see, I need to know what's happening, happening tomorrow. And in a few days, just to kind of get a, get my head around what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So one thing that has really helped my stress is identifying spots where I can either cancel something or ask for help with a kid pickup or any little tweak that can help me not rush and not feel like I'm rushing around to something. Mm -hmm. So I just want people to find one thing and give yourself that little point of ease because it just helps so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like you sort of think about your week and and like notice the little friction spots or the big friction spots and say, okay, Mm -hmm. like what can I do to make that, you know, sort of move around more smoothly? Who can help? What can we what can we take out? What can what can simplify? That's just such a like the the image just popped in my head of of what you're talking about. And that makes so much sense. You know, so uh, it's funny. I just I actually just thought about (laughs) I just did that and I didn't even think about it this way. But, you know, the whole thing of laying your clothes out the night before, um, you know, when you Mm -hmm. are doing something in the morning. I just did that the other day. I did that with my exercise clothes. This is not a new strategy, right? I've done it before, but then I forget to do it. And I did it the other day. And it was amazing how it was like just a tiny bit of friction that was gone in my life. And it really made a difference. Anyway, that's such such a tiny example, but it was very helpful. Very All the tiny things, they stack up into big things. They do. They do. All right. Um. So, you know, my first tip of this episode, I'm just going to like, address COVID anxiety, because that has been something that has really dogged me. So um, one of the things that has helped me the most with my COVID anxiety is that I repeat the sentence, I am healthy right now. And now I do all of the, um, you know, I've taken all the precautions. I am fully vaccinated. I wear masks. Um, You know, I do all that kind of stuff. Um, And I, you know, my behavior reflects sort of my comfort level moving through the world. So I'm doing all the things that I need to be doing. So it's really time for me to like release that anxiety and know that I'm doing as much as I can. And I find that this has been a really important tool for me because, um, 
you know, this was actually a huge problem right before I took my daughter off to college. As Mm -hmm. many of you know, I, um, my youngest just went off to college and, um, you know, after experiencing, you know, the COVID senior year. And I realized that I was so afraid that somebody in my family would get sick and prevent us from being able to have that experience. It just sort of ballooned into something beyond just, I'm nervous about, you know, I'm nervous about this. So um, I'm not there now. And that's great. I, I take a deep breath. I sort of gently pull my mind to the present moment. And I remind myself that my loved ones and I are healthy right now. Like now, this present moment, it's almost like it becomes this safe place for me to just pause and breathe. And, um, you know, from there, once I sort of stand in that moment for a bit, it's like this, you know, protected little island I can just stand. You know, I remind myself that if someone gets sick tomorrow or the next day, we can address it when that happens. But right now we're not there, you know, Mm -hmm. and somehow that feels like a reprieve and it's really helpful. That's excellent. That's excellent. I'm so glad to hear that. It's mm-hmm. oof, it's it's just really hard when there's it, this yeah. huge thing that involves a lot of other people over whom you have no control. That's really right. difficult. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have a lot more to talk about. We'll continue the conversation after a quick break. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, friends, we are back and we are talking about... Things we can do to kind of calm ourselves down in the present moment. And okay, this thing is going to seem a little big, Asha, but I promise that it can actually be small. Mm -hmm. And my recommendation is to identify a reframe. So I have recently been putting a ton of intention behind cognitive reframing. This is not like 
developing a Pollyanna look at the world. This is this is more about really thinking through situations. Um, I've been doing this a lot for one area of my life in particular. And just to kind of, without going into the details, what I did was I wrote down all the things I was frustrated or angry about. Mm -hmm. And then I went through each item and said, okay, what is the actual reality around this situation? Is there a different way I can look at it? And I will say rather humbly, but also kind of I'm excited to share this, but I had a laundry list of nine grievances Mm. (laughs) and in less than an hour of reflection, I was able to reframe eight of them. One is legitimately impossible to like, there's, there's no way to solve that issue or make it like it was before, but this was a really game changing exercise for me. And, and I have found that this can actually carry over to other things in life in much shorter order. Like, so if you're thinking, Christina, I don't have an hour to reframe anything. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like this just happened last night. Part of me, I, I had an immediate reaction when I realized, okay, soccer tonight. I thought, oh, I need to go sit at the field at soccer practice. And then that quickly became, oh, I, I actually love seeing Vi run around. And also this would be a great time to call a friend and catch up while I watch her play. Mm-hmm. So like quick and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also actually got to dig in a little bit to a new contemporary romance I'm reading. So like, <laughs> I mean, it was a great hour that I, <laughs> that I had that I was originally feeling a little grumpy about. Yeah. You know, I, um, I really appreciate, I appreciate that you sort of said, you know, this isn't just sort of, you know, Pollyanna, um, you know, brushing negative feelings under the rug. That's not what you're doing. You know, what you're doing is, Allowing those, you know, sort of whatever grumpy, negative, whatever those feelings are that are legitimate, that you have some, you know, frustrations or things that you're angry about in your life. You're just giving it's almost like you're giving them their time to say, hey, this is this is a thing. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, "Okay, this is a thing there. Maybe there's more to it, you know. Mm -hmm. And again, it's about, you know, similar to what I was saying earlier when I was talking about, you know, saying to myself, I am healthy right now. I think that when we give ourselves permission to look at something with a larger lens, you know, when we give ourselves permission to look at the 360 degrees of something instead of just what's on the face, um, we really give ourselves more, um, more options in terms of how to feel. And mm-hmm. it's, it's never about trying to squelch the other feelings. So it's more about trying to make more room for other feelings. And I think that is, um, it's powerful. It's just, I I don't know. It's a powerful thing. I I don't know why somehow it helps me to think in terms of these images. Um, when I think about, you know, our mind, which is this concept, you know, um, but that really, that's really helpful. Yeah. And I will say that also I tend to be, if you, well, First, I wasn't a feelings person. And now that I'm a feelings person, everything is quite complicated for me. But, you know, I will get wound up around the axle about something. And then also because my mind is really linear in nature, I'll tend to see something one way and then I'll really ride that train. So I think that's why this exercise is particularly important if you tend to be more of a linear, like kind of one way thinker. <laughs> what like it just it's really, really helpful and it has expanded my perspective a lot. So mm-hmm. I I really encourage people to try it if you're struggling with some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing to say about it is it's also very empowering mm-hmm. that you have, uh, you know, you're making a choice to do this. Um, sometimes it's, it's, 
you know, sometimes we don't think we have choices about our feelings. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes we don't. Like you said, one of those things on your list, like that wasn't going anywhere, you know. But some of the other things we we can, you know, bring some flexibility to. I think that's great. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about a real practical one, and that is um, around organizing the mail, like as in the paper mail that comes to your house. So um, one of the things that I do that has been a big game changer for me is I open and sort the mail the moment it arrives. <laughs> I've talked before on this podcast about how paperwork is one of my, uh, you know, sort of weak spots. I It just makes me nervous. You know, when I start seeing stacks of envelopes or unopened, you know, mail, it ten it it makes me it makes me anxious. And then I start to procrastinate and then the stacks get bigger and blah, blah, blah. So I have really found that um, while some things are best, you know, sort of like placed into a little chunk on your calendar, like once a week I process the mail or blah, blah, blah. I find that in this case, it's better to just do it now and not have a plan and just do it right at that moment. It takes two minutes. I do it. It takes less than two minutes. And I'm not perfect at it, but I'm getting better. And that has been really useful. And I just think the reason I sort of bring this up is because you know, those of us with our productivity systems, you know, who have to-do lists and, and you know, and apps and all that kind of stuff, it's really great. And I think it's also helpful to remember that some things you can just do right away and never has to even be on a list. It could just be part of a routine. You know, you probably don't have brushing your teeth on your to-do list. And this can be like that. So if there are any little things in your life that you know, that are just causing friction for you. See if it's just something that you can just take care of as part of a routine, as opposed to being some task that you have to plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just saying the other day, well, first, I'm proud of you, Asha. I know the mail has oh. been a little bit of a beast, even though occasionally you'll get like a check in the mail and, and it's like, wow, yay. I know. It's um, just, yeah, it, it it's, yeah, it, it continues to be a beast on some level. And I'm yeah. not, I've been really trying, it's time for me to reframe it, actually, Christine. I get you know? it. I get it. And related to mail, I won't I won't go on about this, but uh, I'll just say quickly that the other day I was thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if in the Common App for college applications, you could push a button saying, I have made my decision about where I'm applying and then all the other mail would stop. There's so oh, much that college so nice? mail. Oh, my goodness. It makes, oh, let me tell it. Oh, man. Yeah. Recycling. Yeah. Recycling. Okay. Anyway, moving on. I won't I won't digress too much about that. So I also have a practical one. Um, and I would highly encourage to, even if it's just 10 minutes to not rush eating, especially if you're somebody who loves food. Mm. Um, I, I have been struggling. Usually I'm pretty good at not rushing while I'm eating. Work has been really, really (laughs) intense lately, lately. And so I've been doing more of those eat at my desk kind of things than I would really like to. So the best thing that I do, actually, the way I can counter that is doing, I love doing the crossword in the actual physical paper every day. And I just um, have lunch with my cross crossword. And sometimes I'll even do it. I know this doesn't sound mindful, but it, it actually is like a really fun, fun game is that I'll throw a toy for James while I'm eating and doing the crossword <laughs> for t- <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes and then he's like so happy and then he Aww. looks at me with all this love because I've done given him his favorite thing in the day and I've not eaten my lunch at my computer so it's sort of like a triple win oh boy speaking of James 
<laughs> Friends, have you checked the Edit Your Life Show Instagram account lately? Just saying, there's some dog cuteness. Right, I just love that there our dogs are such two very different dogs, but both <laughs> united in their adorableness. Uh, this will not become a dog podcast. No. Maybe it will. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, yes. I, 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 the other thing that actually just came up when you said that, Christine, is I became jealous of your paper newspaper because I miss my paper newspaper. And then I subscribed to the paper New York Times because the Oregonian, our local paper, is no longer a daily paper. No. And then I unsubscribed oh. to the New York Times because I, it was so much paper. And yeah. now I'm thinking I need to go back to paper some. I don't know. Anyway, I have feelings. Okay. Let's talk about my next tip which is, um, this is the quickest relationship tip ever. And that is to send a text right now. Um, when I have a lot, I, this is a personal one, so I don't know if anyone's going to relate to this, but, uh, when I have a lot on my mind, um, and I've been talking quite a bit about anxiety on this podcast, when I have a lot on my mind, but even when it's like a lot of, um, good stuff, like if I'm having a big creative burst of energy and I, I have a new idea, um, that all of that tends to fill up my, you know, sort of brain space and I tend to go quiet. I stop. Sometimes I miss texts or I don't return phone calls or my email starts piling up just because what's in my brain is, you know, it's sort of taking up all the, you know, all the oxygen. And so um, I sort of stop reaching out or, you know, responding, which can be confusing to the people that I love. I mean, understandably. And I always come back, you know, in a week or two or whatever. But um, I realize that Sometimes it's confusing and sometimes it's hurt people, people's feelings and it completely spends, sends the wrong message to the people I love, which is that I think about them all the time. So um, I have spent a fair amount of time beating myself up over this because, you know, I, like I said, I've hurt some feelings, but now I've just accepted that this is part of what happens for me sometimes and I take responsibility for it. You know, I talk to my friends about it and my loved ones and I am really trying to end that cycle by reaching out. And sometimes it's just an emoji sent to a friend via text. Sometimes that's all I can manage. Um, but it ends all the fretting and it puts us back in touch. And it's one of those things that you could do right now. And so, again, the whole point of my talking about this is that sometimes the little things you can do in the moment are actually the big things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I will say your emoji choice is always on point. So there's, there's I that. have a special, special array of emojis for Christine. Aww. I dig in. I dig in because there are some pretty interesting emojis. Yeah. Like there are dodo birds, peacocks, and other interesting things. Here for it. Here for it. I'll send you a gift back. Um, <laughs> all right, friends, we've got more to discuss. We'll be back after a quick break. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. 
All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, friends, we're back and we're talking about things that we can do in the present moment that just help us feel better. And I I got to talk about exercise because exercise is the thing that, you know, oftentimes it's like you got to plan for it and this and that. And no, you don't. You can do 10 squats or 10 sit-ups or 10 push-ups or whatever it is. You can do that right now. And um, I find, again, speaking for myself, you know, I have gotten trapped in all or nothing thinking when it comes to exercise sometimes. Like if I can't work out three times a week for 30 minutes, then what's the point? And this obviously is not how bodies work. Bodies move all the time. And I just want to remind you that if you're having a hard time getting started or sticking to routine or you're trying to return to a routine, just do something, anything right now. It can be five minutes of stretching. It can be a walk around the block. It can be 10 deep breaths anything, whatever it is, it will help your brain move past whatever roadblocks it's, you know, sort of throwing in your way. And I think there's something a little more subtle here too. It's also a way to keep a promise to yourself, which, you know, when you do that and you're like, ah, okay, I did it. I did something, you know, it has a really powerful effect on your self-esteem, which sort of has a way of, you know, like, nudging that story that you tell yourself in a much more positive direction. So, you know, embrace little bits of exercise, do them a few times a day, or just do it once. If, if that's all you can manage, if that's all you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Cannot, uh, plus one and enough. And I'll actually follow your squats and walks around the block, uh, <laughs> and expand on something actually you mentioned. Okay. I know this can elicit an eye roll, but I need to call out the deep breathing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually in that CNN piece that I referenced earlier about anxiety, I actually mentioned the eye roll nature of this advice, Um, advice like, okay, you know, get some exercise and breathe deep. But 
as I did share in that piece, the act of slowing down breathing, it, it actually activates something in your brain, the parasympathetic rest and digest response that calms the body down. So it's like actual, there's actual stuff happening, um, that that helps. And that is, um, something over which we actually have control. So, you know, it's, it's important. I like to do it in cycles of eight. I don't know why I've always done that cycles of eight breaths, but if your mind is really busy and it's, you're struggling just to sit and take those breaths, which sometimes I I struggle with. Um, if my brain is really amped up, I'll also recommend, uh, something I've talked about on the show before, which is, uh, yoga with Adrian's free the, her YouTube channel. Um, there are tons of quick 10 minute practices, some even as short as five minutes. Um, some of them I've done in my office. So there are other ways if you, I guess I'm bringing that up in case you need something that's led, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but even if, and obviously she always talks about breathing and, and that sort of thing. But when I'm moving through a practice and being led verbally through it, that is where I can definitely calm my breathing down and, and it definitely slows my mind down. So I mentioned mm-hmm. that cause I'm not great with, I've tried meditation a few times and it just, I, I can't, it doesn't work for me. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do it, but the yoga practices um, are fantastic. So mm-hmm. I would say if you try something and it doesn't work, don't give up, try something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. And I think the other thing about that, I mean, there are a couple other like little tech tools. I think if you have a, I don't know if it's for the Apple watch or the iPhone or, or something, but there's, there's actually a little breathing app on there that, that just sort of guides you toward taking deep breaths. And um, there's also the headspace app, which is like a meditation app. I'm sure folks have heard about it before, but there are some really simple breathing exercises in there that where, you know, where you just sort of sit there, breathe, and there's somebody saying calm, nice things in your ears. And one thing I will say is, you know, I, I think I'm not particularly interested in meditation or starting to become a person who meditates every day. Um, I don't know why that is, but I it's just not. I think that it is important to remember, however, that it is a behavior that requires practice. And so if if you sit down for five minutes to do, say, a five minute breathing exercise in, in using headspace and it feels weird and funky, it's because it's new. So you got to give it some time and just sort of trust the process and do it a few times. And I think um, it's just worth trying just for almost for, you know, just for kicks, just try it and see, uh, you know, it's not going to solve everything at that moment, but maybe after a week or two, you'll find yourself feeling some percentage better. It's worth giving it a little bit more of a runway of practicing and trying to see if it actually helps because, you know, to follow up on what you said, Christine, deep breathing has a physical effect on your body and your brain. I mean, your body, your your brain is your body. And so, you know, it absolutely is doing something, whether or not it translates to the mental thought process right away or not, it is helping your body. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just, sorry, one more thing I wanted to add since you mentioned practice and I'm practice and I'm really glad that you did is that I think one of the things that I had talked to um, Wendy Suzuki, the neuroscientist with about was that, uh, and actually I've talked to some other um, therapists about this too, that one of the great things about breathing exercises and practicing them is one, uh, you can do them silently. They're like, so if you're in a situation, you know, publicly and you're feeling anxious, you can kind of ramp things down if you can tap into that breathing. 
And then also important, since I know we have a lot of parents uh, who tune into the show, is that this is like a great thing to practice with kids, too, Mm -hmm. and um, can be helpful because they may find themselves in situations at school where they're feeling anxious about something, and it's a quiet coping tactic to to access. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love it. Even from even from very young, like Violet would always when she was getting amped up about something i could i would actually hear her say breathe by breathe like she'd talk to wow. herself and say that so i That's think amazing i don't know where she picked that up if maybe mm-hmm. john taught her to her i don't know but it mm-hmm. it really is a great thing to work on with kids too mm-hmm. yeah i mean especially behind a mask nobody knows what's going on back there <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and it gives exactly. kids this way you know it's it's pretty wonderful when kids can actually you know sort of take a hold of their own situation and do something about it. It's pretty empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Asha. Well, so many great things discussed today. I would love to hear what your next edit is for this episode. I almost feel like we should all just take a moment right now and take some (laughs) deep breaths. Maybe that should be your, my next edit. No, I'm not going to do that to you folks. Um, But I am, I am, I I am really um, sort of inspired to focus on the body here, given what we just talked about. So Um, my next edit for this episode is to choose one, um, physical thing you can do. It could be stretching. It can be a, you know, lie on the floor and extend your arms and legs for, you know, one minute. It can be push-ups or squats. So you choose the physical activity, but to spend some time today doing that for five minutes, see how your body feels when you're done with that. And just try to get in your body just for that five minutes, bring yourself to the present moment and, you know, inside your body and just be in that calm, um, that place for a few minutes and just see how you feel when you're done. Mm, yes. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, my, your next edit is to identify one thing that is annoying you or causing anxiety and take maybe five minutes to see if you can try to reframe it. And I want to underline the word try because if it is, I mean, great, if you can reframe it, wonderful. But if it is one of these situations that's really impossible to reframe, you still 100% get all the props for trying it (laughs) and you should try it again Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there will definitely be a situation coming up that will reframe. So I didn't, I don't want people to feel discouraged if they try it and they're like, well, I really can't reframe this situation. Mm -hmm. Just keep at it. Keep Mm -hmm. at it. Good advice. Good advice. I find myself like, what is my one thing? I'm going to think about that. All right, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. Chat with us on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show, or send us an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. We'd also be grateful if you would drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about us. Thanks for listening. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. 
but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.